Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, we chat with Elias, a Shopify developer from Morocco. Elias has been freelancing for over two years, and he thinks it might be time to move from freelancing to building his own agency. He hits us up with a lot of great questions, including how can I find agency quality leads, projects with big budgets, established companies, and larger scopes or timelines. And Clay and I do our best to answer that and many other questions right after this quick message from our show sponsors. Oh, and before the break, I wanted to let you know that right now we're looking for smart, ambitious freelancers who are ready to scale their business to be guests on our upcoming season of Freelance to Founder. If you'd like a free 45-minute coaching call with me and Clay, just visit freelance2founder.com and click the yellow microphone button. We'd love to feature your business on this show. Be back in a second. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm Preston Lee with Milo.co and joining me on the air today is my good friend Clay Mosley from GetDripified.com. Hey Clay, how you doing? Let's go, man. Let's go. Oh, let's get fired up for today's show. We're joined <laughs> by a brand new friend of ours, Elias uh, from Morocco. We were just talking off the air. We've never had anyone calling from Morocco before, so that's exciting. Welcome to the show, Elias. Thank you so much, Branson and uh, Clay. 
We're so excited to have you. Uh, thanks for taking the time to jump on the call. If you want to jump on a coaching call like Elias is getting today, it's completely free and there's no upsell. We don't try to sell you anything at the end. It's just a conversation about your business and scaling your business. And um, you can do that by visiting freelance2founder.com and there's a little microphone button you can click to join us. You'll fill out a quick questionnaire and then uh, you can hop on the air and we'll talk about your freelance business and hopefully give you some uh, some gems, some action items that you can take moving forward. We've helped, oh boy, I don't know, Clay, how, how many would you think we've done so far? You know, I lost count. <laughs> I you know, I just I show up every week and I'm like, okay, I know I'm not let's let's do this. Let's do this. I think we're we're close to 50 or maybe more than 50 people we've done this with and we've had a really great feedback uh from a lot of them that it's made a big difference yeah. on where they're headed, where their business is headed. So, please come, you know, jump on jump on the website freelance2founder.com or you can click in the show notes of this episode and you can come on and have a, a coaching session like this for yourself as well, a little 35, 45, maybe an hour's worth of, uh, of talking and, and uh, come out the other side with some action items. Anyway, enough of that little pitch. Uh, I want to move on to today's episode. Elias, again, thanks for being here. Tell us a little bit about your business and what you're working on. Okay, thank you for uh, letting me in, uh, to, to, in the show. So I am Elias Haddad. I am a full-stack Shopify developer. So I have been a freelancer for over uh, two years now. So I have been doing uh, Shopify custom development some custom integration for uh, multiple clients all over the world. So it's been like uh, about two years and a half now. Okay, two and a half years. And tell us uh, what some of your clients look like. What kind of clients do you typically work with? So sometimes it's like a Shopify store owner and sometimes like it's like an agency that have uh, some, some workload and, uh, and they pass uh, to me. It's like a depend maybe store owner and sometimes it's like an agency owner. Okay, awesome. So you've been at it for two and a half years, and how do you feel like things are going? Is it just is it just you so far uh, working as a solo freelancer? Do you have anyone that you subcontract with? What what does that kind of side of the business look like? So for the first year of freelance, it's, it's, it was like a very hard because like uh. I don't have any any like uh, experience working with client and also technical experience, but like uh, in the second year of uh, my freelance career, it's it's going it's growing uh, quickly over and uh, uh, over month to month, and it's uh, it's been like uh, growing very quickly in the in the COVID uh, situation. Yeah, that's good. That's like. You know, the first year is always the yeah <laughs> the I, I would I would argue the first year is always the uh, the best and the worst year. It's like the worst year because you know like it's you're just getting started, but like the best year because I feel I feel like the first year is the most the most fun. Yeah, um, totally. But yeah, that, that's cool that you, you're growing during COVID. That's amazing. There's always like so much energy in the first year, right? You just like late nights. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a job yet because eventually, unfortunately, it, it becomes a job. Even though it's still, yeah. I think, way more fun than like working for someone else. But um, once you start getting paid, then it's like, eh, it's not fun anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. So, Elias, why, why do you, uh, what do you attribute the success during COVID to? Like, uh, just more businesses moving online or focusing more online, or what do you, what do you think? I think like a uh, two reasons that uh, drive uh, this growth. I think like uh, the COVID situation because like uh, many business move online and also like uh, my personal brand just uh, become uh, grow uh, 
grow mm. over year because like uh, I have uh, some technical blog post and uh, like uh, just with the COVID situation, it's growing uh, very quickly on term of uh, views and also in term of conversion. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you're doing some content marketing, uh, some personal branding stuff. That's all, that's all kind of funneling down and building your business. Yes, that's exactly what I, I have done in the first year. That's good. That's good. That's great. A great way to get started. So let's talk about where your business is headed then. Uh, listeners of the show will know that we, when you fill out that questionnaire I referred to earlier, we have you fill out a, a scale, a freelance, freelance to founder scale, excuse me, uh, on a scale of one to 10, one being a freelancer, 10 being a founder. And we ask you where you're currently at. You put that you're at a one. So you're a freelancer, full-fledged freelancer. And um, you put that in six to 12 months, you would hope that you and your business are more up towards a six, which is you know uh, closer, obviously, to being a founder, but not quite 100% you know, out, of, out of the trenches, I guess. Tell us what, what you think that might look like in six or 12 months. Like in, in a perfect world, what does a six look like for you, Elias? So I think in the next uh, like a six or uh, uh, 12 months, I am looking to build an agency, a Shopify development agency and uh, hire some contractor and to be able to get like a, some agency quality lead. Okay. And, and obviously enough revenue to cover um, having a few employees or some contractors and taking on some of those bigger clients. Yes, that's exactly. I, I think like for the, the first year of uh, the agency, I, don't, uh, will, I will not like, uh, hire much uh, as an as a employee, but I will uh, try to, to hire a much uh, contractor to be able to, co- to collaborate with me in, uh, in the project. Hmm. All right. Well, let's let's dive in then. How can I, how can Clay and I help you? I think we've been down. I know we've been down this path a couple of times. We've obviously helped a few other people in this same situation. You want to go from a one to a six in a year? It's it's like a pretty big leap going from just doing freelancing yourself, just working on your own projects, finding your own clients, and then doing the work yourself to you know really running a business. What what would you say are some of the biggest hurdles? What's a hurdle we could start with here that we could really help you out with today? So with like uh, with the, my content marketing strategy, I get like a consistent work, uh, like uh, as a solo freelancer. But I am looking to get like uh, some agency quality lead. Uh, so like uh, because like uh, as a as a solo freelancer, you can get like a much bigger uh, project and m- more challenging project than the, than uh, as a solo freelancer. And uh, like uh, the like uh, my goal is to get like uh, some agency quality lead. Uh, as a as an agency. Okay, I've heard you use that phrase a couple times. Agency quality lead. Uh, I mean, what can you explain what that means? In in I guess what it means to you, so that we're all kind of speaking yeah. the same language. Clay, did you have that same that was, question? Yeah, that was my question. Yeah, yeah. So what I mean by agency quality lead is like a, just a bigger product than the, like a, it will not be just for a solo freelancer, but just like a, for a, for an agency. It's like a, the lead that come to agency. So it's sure, but much let's, bigger. So, so, but let's product. like, yeah, let's talk about it specifically though. Like, what does it? What does it look like? Is it like a certain revenue number you're looking for? Is it a certain um, project size or duration? Like, what? How do you categorize it as 
an agency lead? So it's both. It's like in terms of budget and in terms of uh, of uh, product uh, lens. It's like a long term uh, product, maybe like a six or uh, or one year uh, contract. And like uh, in terms of revenue, it will be much bigger to be able to cover the agency uh, expenses. Okay. So so. Uh, just to clarify, so uh, you're talking about um, bringing on a client that that would typically pay an agency, but you want you want that client directly versus going through an agency, correct? Yes, it's like a, like a, the goal is uh, like a, uh, to be able uh, to make an agency to be able to get those uh, the, the, those those uh, type of lead. That's the goal. Okay. 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 Do you want more? Do you want more clients uh, as agencies, like agency clients, like uh, not 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 a not a direct to the the client itself, but like an agency who you work with that feeds you clients? Do you want more of that business? So I am more looking to like a, some direct client. Like I am, I am currently working with a agency part time as a contractor, but I am looking to get like a, some uh, some direct client. So you want to work with the big companies directly on projects that are six to twelve months in scope and have a big enough budget to cover your team. Yes, it's uh, but yeah. as a uh, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm kind of reading between the lines here. Part of the problem here feels like a chicken and egg uh, problem. Like which comes first, right? Do you have the team and the processes in place to go pitch clients? That have those kinds of projects, or do you have, or do you get the leads first and then put the team in place? I don't know, uh, Clay. If you have any thoughts on that, like, I guess you know the heart of this question feels to me like I want bigger leads, more lucrative leads, but I don't have the team in place yet. But I can't put the team in place until I get the leads. So, like, how do you navigate kind of that uh, which comes first scenario? I don't know. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, uh, just and just for clarification, you. Uh, Elise, you, you're just a freelancer right now, like like a, a solo freelancer, correct? You don't have any employees, anybody on your team? Yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you know, this is this is one of those scenarios where where I see pretty often where uh, where someone is is working with with other agencies. So, an agency has a client. They want. They either have an overload of, uh, or they have a, a a workload that's that's too much, and so they need to they need to dish it out to somebody or or um, contract it out, or maybe it's a specialized skill that they don't have in house um, that they need to contract out as well. Um, so before I kind of go into this question um, and, and into my answer, um, Elise, I just need to know: Do agencies hire you for a specialized skill? Or is it mostly because of workload? Because that's going to that's going yeah, to yeah, that's a great question. That's going to alter my what I say here. I think both because like uh, I like uh, the 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 offer that I got from the agency that I work with currently. It's like uh, they they reach out to me to be able to handle uh, like uh, some workload that they have. In the, the agency, 
I think it's like a both. Okay, but, like but, a, but but like if you if you weren't there, could they hire someone else pretty easily to do it? If they couldn't hire you, or like a, or are you or like a, the only person that can really do it as well as you do it? I am not the only person that I can do it, but like a uh, like a some uh, Shopify developer. Developer, it's like a, it's a not much saturated the market like other than the web okay. developer. Mm. So like a, maybe, it's maybe a little it, bit hard to be, to be able to find someone that is good at development of Shopify. The the I'd say I'd say the real question here is is the end client aware of the type of skill set that you have that you could offer to them, or is it or is it just the agency knows it because they're inside the industry. Does that make sense? Yeah, like you don't have any connection with the client, right? You just have connections with the agency. So I work both with the, like a direct client and agency. I think like uh, as a Shopify developer, it's not the it's 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 very hard to be able to find a good uh, good uh, Shopify developer. Okay, okay. So what? So. Uh, the the end client. So let, let's let's skip the agency stuff for right now. So on your clients that that are come directly to you, what is it that they that they uh, come to you for? What what are what's the problem that they tell you that you need to solve? So it depends on each client. Some client they some have some technical issue, and uh, some client need to have uh, some custom integration. It's like it's depend on the client need. Maybe it's like okay. a custom integration with uh, another platform or. But do they do they tell you, hey, I have this very custom technical thing that I need done, and I need to hire you, or is it, I need this. 30,000 foot level, I need this thing to work. I don't know how that's done, but I, I need your help, right? Does that make sense? Do they know the exact technical skill that you are that you are doing to help them solve that problem? I work with uh, like uh, some uh, technical founder and uh, like a uh, majority of them like I uh, know like uh, the, the, what they okay. are looking for, but not all of them. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so so uh, the reason I'm I, I, I was asking this is because, and this will be good for our listeners is is if if people, and this is going to totally depend on your project, and th- maybe this will help you on the way you approach clients. Um, but if if you're being hired for a very highly technical skill, um, that's mostly going to be that that's going to come from one of two places either another agency because they're aware of the skill um and 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 clients sometimes i would say i would argue most of the time probably don't um but you have another scenario where uh the end client is aware of the 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 technical skill that you provide um but you are going to have to work with a company that's big enough that has a CTO a chief technical officer right um, like, so you're, we're not talking your mom and pop shops here, um, that don't have a tech, uh, technology person on staff. So that, that's the type of client you're trying to go after, correct? Like these big companies that has a CTO. 
Yes, like exactly. And, and I work with the, like a private investment firm that have a, like a like a, this type of uh, hierarchy, like a CTO and like a, like a much bigger uh, structure than like a, a small business. Okay. Um, so here's, here's what I would suggest. If you want to get more clients that are directly to you and not going through an agency, um, is like you can't just straight up cold call or cold email to these people. Like, I guess you could technically, but um, your, your conversion rate is going to be terrible. Um, what I would do, this, if, if it were me, is I would go and create a target list of like your of top 20 uh, prospect that, prospects that you want to work with and then go find out who the CTO is, okay? And, and there's databases that you can go and find this out. And, and I'm making the assumption you have no idea who these people are, okay? Um, find out who they are. Uh, in addition to that, try to find out who the gatekeeper is um, like if it's the secretary, receptionist, whatever, like or, or an assistant, uh, find out who both of those people are. And what I would do is I would go stalk them on social media, find out what they're into, what they like, uh, like personal interests. Maybe they're into golf, um, for example, um, or or something. Um, and then send them a gift. Send them a gift, a customized gift. And when I say customize, I mean that stuff needs to have their name on it, right? It, it can't it can't just be like, hey, here's some golf balls. Like I, I would send them a customized gift um with 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 their info and not not your logo. <laughs> That's a promotional product. Don't send anything with your logo on it. Um and I would do this once a quarter to all 20 of those people. And that will get their attention eventually. And you're gonna have to spend some money. Like this is a very high, uh, high dollar. Um, like you're probably gonna have to spend like at least fifty bucks per gift. Um, but this is a very high dollar marketing strategy uh, slash sales strategy. But this will get your foot in the door one hundred percent. And you need to also send like whatever you send to the CTO. You also need to send it to the gatekeeper because she's the one that controls everything. She or he, I should say. Okay, got it. But That's just what I, I would do. I just like uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, like uh, I work with a uh, with a CTO before, and like uh, I got their attention by by my technical article. So I wrote multiple technical article, and they reached out to me in uh, in my email and say that that they have a Shopify product that they want um, my uh, that's uh, that they need uh, my help with. And uh, after that, we set up a discovery call, and uh, we start uh, the project from uh, from like uh, the the technical article I wrote uh, I wrote about. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro 
pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Sure, sure, yeah, and that, oh, yeah. that's just one strategy. Like, I think the problem with that is, is that it's, it, it's uncontrollable. You cannot control how many people are going That's to right. reach out to you because of that article. But what you can control is how many people you send a customized gift to. And you can, you know, you can work on your conversion rates from those articles and trying to get those articles in front of certain people, you know, through LinkedIn or whatever, like... Yeah, I think you could continue to pursue that strategy. I think that's a great strategy. But like Clay's saying, that's an inbound strategy. What he's saying is an outbound strategy, right? And um, and again, yeah, it, all exactly. com- it comes back to like how uh, how much of it can you control? We're not saying give up that other stuff. That's great. Um, and even optimize that as much as you can. In addition to that, you can do some of this outreach stuff. I'd say too, um, one way that I've seen that, that you can get uh, agency level leads um, is by searching for RFPs online. Like what a lot of freelancers and even a lot of agencies don't know is that companies all the time are putting out RFPs, uh, request requests for proposals. So on a large project, like a six to 12 month project, uh, they'll put out an RFP uh, in all these places. And a lot of times that means they'll publish it as a PDF. So you can actually go into Google. This is super simple. Um, and this is how you get $10,000, $20,000, $30,000, dollars contracts. You can search on Google if you go to their advanced search. So first type in advanced search, then click Google advanced search. And then from there, you type in all of the different... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up right now, actually. Google advanced search. Because there are a few key things that you want to uh, be sure you fill in. So if you go to Google advanced search, um, you can... Search, obviously, certain words. So you might do like Shopify developer or Shopify expert or something, or maybe Shopify agency even. Um, and, and you can search, obviously, those words. That's basic search. But then in addition, you can pull out other words. Like it says none of these words, for example. You could, like, you could say don't search for 
or pull out any results that have the word freelancer or contractor or anything like that. Um, you could you can do an exact word phrase. So you could you could do like Shopify agency or something. Although the exact word thing is kind of dangerous. And then here's where the here's where the real power comes in is you can do um, file type. So you can choose a PDF document. And um, oh, and of course, in your in your word searches, you're going to want to include RFP or request for proposal or all of that. Um, and then you can choose like your region, like your country or your language or anything like that. Um, and then you do an advanced search and it'll just pull up a bunch of PDF files. Uh, you can do it by the last time it was updated. So if you want to look at RFPs from the last 30 days, or you could look at RFPs from a couple years ago and see if they you know, have need of an update to their project that someone else did for them. So I think there's like lots of opportunity in searching RFPs through Google Advanced Search where you can, again, you can control. This is, it's, I guess it's maybe kind of a mix because you can't control how many RFPs are being put out into the world, but you can certainly control how many of those you're responding to. Uh, and then you send them an agency-level pitch. To get an agency-level lead and an agency-level client, you're going to have to send them an agency-level pitch, right? Which is maybe a conversation for another day. But I've seen this work for a lot of freelancers who are, are in the scaling mode. They just start searching for higher and higher level RFPs, and eventually they're doing all agency-level work. Okay, that's awesome. Okay, I never heard about this before. So I have another question. Like, uh, it's it's like, uh, when is the right time to switch from a solo freelancer to our agency? Yeah, great question. And uh, for the listeners, and I'll send it to you as well, uh, Elias. But we have an article on the website all about transitioning from freelancer to agency builder. But your question is, when is? How do you know it's the right time? Is that basically what you're asking? Yes. Yeah. I'll take a stab at it, and then Clay, you can give us your advice. Um, mm-hmm. For me, it's like if you're if you feel like you're ready to make a change, uh, then that's obviously a, a good first sign and an obvious sign. Like if you're if you're tired of doing all of the work in the business uh, and you're ready to scale and do a different kind of work, because what what a lot of people don't realize is as you go from freelancer to agency builder, freelance to founder, as you become a founder your work changes. You'll actually most likely be doing less development work, in your case, Elias. Uh, You'll do less coding, and you'll do more managing of people and more managing of finances and more managing of running a business. Now, you could hire someone to do all that stuff, like a a, a COO, an operations officer, or something like that. But it's most likely going to be you that's running the operations of the day-to-day business. And so your work is going to change. So if you feel psychologically like you're ready for that, like you're ready to stop being in the code every day and you're ready to start managing people and growing finances and growing revenue and that sort of thing, then that to me is a good sign. Um, Also, like if you just have way more work than you can handle on a day-to-day basis, that would be another sign. Uh, for me, where it's just like, I can't handle all of this. Even when I'm subcontracting, I can't handle all of the requests that are coming in. Um, that would be a good good sign, like especially if it's cutting into your business development time. If you don't have time to find new clients or find new projects or um, send out pitches or whatever, then that definitely is a sign that you it might be time to, to switch from a freelancer to an agency. Clay, do you have any ideas to add to that? Yeah, uh, I would say... Uh, all of that is completely true. Um, 
my 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 biggest thing to add to that is like to me it doesn't matter like if you're growing your business your agency or your your freelance business um it doesn't matter if you're looking at uh, like whenever you're looking at growing it doesn't matter if you're looking at like hiring a, uh, your first employee or your second or fifth or 10th or even a piece of software that might be expensive um and it maybe it makes you uncomfortable to make that purchase but uh my question is is that or like not not a question my thing is is that if you think about what the next step is for you, Elias, is that like when you say go from freelance to like agency, most people it means hiring an employee. Um, but whatever that next step is, is the thing you have to think about is what does that look like uh, if you did that? So like legit, think about that. What would it look like? Would it make your life easier? Just like what Preston was saying, would would you be able to grow? Um, and the answer is, is usually like, if you're asking yourself, that is yes. And, and whenever you're asking yourself this completely disregard costs. Okay. This is what I, I wish somebody had told me completely disregard what it's going to cost you because that right there is going to hinder your decision. Um, what I would do is focus on the positive and set and think to yourself, what is this going to do for my business if I hire this this person? And the answer is almost usually, oh, it's going to be tremendous growth. Well, then stop right there and just do it. Uh, where where people get in trouble is where they're like, oh, you know, it's going to cost me like four thousand dollars a month, and uh, that'll be a stretch. And um, I don't know if I can do that. And then they end up not doing it, and then they're stuck in freelancer mode forever. Um, and, and that's just not how you should go about doing that because uh, you need to be making decisions in your business uh, where you want your business to be the next level up, not where your business is currently standing. Because if you make decisions based off where you currently are, it, you've already bottlenecked yourself. Yeah, and you'll so, stay there, right? Yeah, you will yeah. absolutely stay there. So like, the un- the the uncomfortable feeling it, it's just there like that's where a lot of people decide to revert back and be like no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hire anybody because I'm I, like I'm com- I'm uncomfortable about this and there's several there's several factors of being uncomfortable it could be cost it could be um the fact that now they have to manage an employee um it, it, there's other the other factors there and so just accept the fact that it's going to be uncomfortable. Accept the fact that it's going to cost you money. Um, it's just now you got to think, will this allow me to grow? If the answer is yes, then just do it. That's great. I am totally agree with you. And I have another question. It's like a, how I can promote my agency while I am a solo freelancer. It's like, a, like a how I can... like. A, Switch from uh, the freelancing hat to to the agency hat. That's a good question. We get that question a lot on this show. It's like, how do I um, how do I start uh, teaching my clients that I'm an agency now and not a freelancer? But also, like, I think I think maybe um, maybe the biggest thing you could do is, particularly if you're not worried about like transitioning your same clients. 
Like, I think that's what we get a lot of questions about is like, I already have these clients who already treat me like a freelancer and I'd like them to treat me like an agency. And we can link to a couple shows uh, that we've done that talk about that. But I think maybe what you're asking is like, what work do I need to do now to transition to become an agency? And I think it's a great question. Um, For me, it becomes about like, moving over into more of that administrative role into that business growing role. You you need to take right now your job, literally your job is Shopify developer, right? You need to change your job title and your job now needs to become entrepreneur or business builder or agency owner or whatever you want to call it. Um and and that means when you get a job that requires Shopify development, you may not be doing that work. You might need to hire that out even though you're perfectly capable of doing it, that was one of the first steps in one of the businesses I built, which was I used to write all of the content uh, on our blog. And it's not that I became incapable of writing the content, uh, but I decided I wanted the business to grow. And so instead of me writing all the content, I I split it 50-50 and I still wrote half of it and then hired someone else to write the other half. And with that 50% time that I freed up, I started doing business development, finding sponsors, finding or um, uh, developing products for sale, doing other things that I just didn't have time for before. And now I'm to the point where I, I don't write hardly anything on the blog anymore, and I do all the business development and strategy and growth. And so um, I think the first step for me is like you thinking in your mind, I'm not a Shopify developer anymore. I am now an agency owner. I run an agency. So when you get a client lead in, you immediately hand that off to someone to do the actual day-to-day work while you continue to do business development. Clay, do you have anything that, I mean, does that resonate with you or, or am I off? What do you think? I got, I got, uh, <laughs> I got some two cents here to throw in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So the first thing is, is that I don't know how you're branding yourself. Um, if you're branding just you as, as in your name. Um, or as a company, how are you doing that right now? So I am using my personal name. Okay. So my recommendation, and I'm not saying that you can't do your personal name. Like I've seen people do that uh, and and it work out. Um, I would recommend rebranding into, uh, actually, let me back up a step. You should keep your personal brand, but in addition to that, I would create an agency brand. And so like whenever I was a freelancer, I was just under Clay Mosley. And then whenever I I, I actually uh, added an, an additional brand um, for my agency name, even though I was still by myself, but I wanted to grow into an agency, I always like that opened up so many doors. And so it just the just the branding aspect of having an agency name a lot of prospects and clients will mm. will think that you're bigger than you actually are. So it's just perception. Yeah, I love that because, um, like, when you're reaching out, like those RFPs we talked about earlier, or sending gifts, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier, like if it comes from, like, you know, uh, whatever elite elite Shopify experts or something, as opposed yeah. to like uh, that's an awful name. Don't use that. But if it comes from like an agency <laughs> name, as opposed to it comes from Elias. Uh, yeah, it just feels bigger already. It feels like you've got more behind you and more resources to offer. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people, a lot of a lot of prospects that will straight up reject your proposal just because they think you're by yourself. 
and they they want they want that safety net of okay, what happens if you go out and get hit by a bus? Like that's that's the that's what they think, and so they want to be able to have a team behind uh, behind you just in case. You know what I mean? Um, does that make sense, Elias? Yes, it makes totally sense for me. Just yeah. I want to uh, to add a uh, point ab- about like uh, switching from uh, freelancer to agency. I am do I am able uh, I, because like I am passionate about coding. Do I am capable to be able to code and do business business related thing with my agency? Like uh, I don't like uh, to to like as uh, a stop coding the, the coding mm-hmm. part. I would like to have it like a uh, as a part time and uh, like uh, the the other uh, the other the part time I will. Uh, Make it for a business uh, thing related. Yeah, I think I think you can. Uh, in my opinion, running a business is a full time job. So uh, you either have to put in more hours running your business full time and encoding part time, or you can you can hire someone to help part time with running the business. So you might do like growth and strategy, and then you might hire someone to do like. Um, you know, HR and personal relations or something where they're kind of managing like the people in the business. Uh, but but like that, the managing of a whole agency is going to be a full-time job. So if you don't want to give up the coding, you're going to need to hire someone probably who can help. Do you agree with that, Clay, or am I over overstating it there? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, there, There's, uh, you know, I find myself um, running my business more than anything. Uh, which is totally expected. That's where I want to. That's where I want to stay. But I still have like this. There's like an ounce of me. Like I would say, ten percent of me that still wants to stay in the in the the project game just to keep my skills sharp. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just enjoy it. So I I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I I think where you could you could totally be stuck in the trap though of like wanting to do all the work yourself. And so I would be very very careful careful there, um, because if you just stay there. And and you also want to run the business like that's a that's a terrible trap to be in. Yeah. So if you're gonna stay on the the development side, you need to hire a business person, and maybe maybe you are the CTO, and maybe you hire a CEO or COO or or just an operations manager or a salesperson or whoever. Like you could totally do that. Um, my suggestion too, though, is if you want to do both, okay? If you want to do both, I would be very very strict with what projects you personally work on. Yeah. And so maybe you have you hire somebody that's like a junior developer, I would say, um who does the majority of projects, but you are also available for specific projects and maybe you only take on one one project a quarter or something like that. But if you're going to do that, I would charge more for your work. So if if a client says, oh, I don't want, you know, so-and-so to work on my project, I want you to work on it. And then that option's always there. But what you got to do is you got to say, well, I'm I'm already working on, a, I, I limit myself to the projects I work on for for my VIP clients. That's, that's the phrasing I would use. Um, but you know, I'm finishing up one now. I do have I do have availability next quarter. I can do that. Um, now, if you want to get it done now, you have to work with my employee. Like if time is an issue, but if you want to wait and you want me 
to work on it. You got to wait till next quarter, but also it's a premium price because I'm that damn good. Like that's the sales pitch you need to do, um, in my opinion. That sounds great to me. Like I like to do both, and and uh, like I like the idea of like uh, working only on the like a uh, high ticket or VIP product. And sounds great to me. Awesome. Well, I think we've made some great progress. Uh, are there any last minute concerns we should address before we wrap up the call today, Elias? So I think uh, like uh, just I want to know like uh, should I keep using like uh, my content marketing strategy to promote my agency like uh, like as as for my personal uh, brand? I I mean I would say definitely if it's working for you I wouldn't stop doing yeah. it. Uh, you know there's obviously like a, an opportunity cost there. So like if you know if you're publishing ten things a week and and one a month is really driving I don't know like you might have to get really strategic about what you're what you're publishing and how much time you're spending on that and you you could even honestly like have have your team help with the content as well like content marketing if the question is is content marketing something you should keep doing then yeah absolutely we both believe in that so I have a tip there um on how to be way more efficient with with writing um cuz most people <laughs> Most people can record a video a hell of a lot faster than they, than they write. Um, there are some exceptions. Um, I know for me, I can record a uh, you know a 10, 12 minute video in 15 minutes. Um, and, and then I just have my copywriter write an article based off what I say in the video. So you could do that, right? And you can pump out way more articles that way if you wanted to, to uh, be efficient with it. That's just a little tidbit. Okay, yeah, great. Could, Thank you. I mean, you could test out that model, like hiring someone on Fiverr or somewhere like that. You could test it out and see, like, do I like having someone else write my stuff? Yours is highly technical, so like that could be a challenge. But you could do like a screen, you know, a screen recording of something, and then have someone type out yeah. all the steps uh, of your highly technical tutorial. So yeah, I think there's ways to do it a little more efficiently for sure. Plus, then you well, have why... double content. Like, then you have a video of yeah. you showing it, and you have written content as well. <clears throat> Yeah, and that's why that's why I suggested uh, starting off with the video and having the writer yeah. write it based off the content in the video because it's technical, right? Because yeah, yeah. like you don't want to hire a writer just say, "Hey, write about Shopify." Uh, okay, like he, that would be tough if they're not a Shopify expert. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's right. I am also like a starting a new sh- YouTube channel about like a Shopify. Shopify development and it's like it's it's uh, it's growing a little bit. Well, that's great. Yeah, I think it's just important when you get into content to keep in to remember that like um, being a publishing company or a media company is its own business model in and of itself. Uh, and so, like, you have to be careful to continue to focus on the right metrics. You know, new clients, completed projects, uh, revenue per project, stuff like that. As opposed to like worrying all the time about how many Instagram followers you have and how many how many people read your blog and how many people view your YouTube videos, like it can be really easy to get caught up in all that and think that you're being successful because millions of people are reading your stuff, but no one's hiring you. It's you know it'd be way better if a hundred people uh, read your article and fifty of them became clients than if a million people read your article and two of them became clients, right? So. Uh, it's just important to keep in mind kind of the the balance between being a publisher or a media company and being an agency. 
Yeah, yeah, I got it. So like, I, I, I am also like uh, thinking about all, uh, every time I'm thinking about like a business metric, uh, uh, rather than just like a number of uh, of uh, reads or views about like uh, my my content. It's like a uh, more about like the conversion rate, not about like uh, just yeah. like uh, the views or. Yes. Yep. And and really focus on like those conversion rates based on, you know, a call to action that you make at the end of the article or a call to action you make at the end of a YouTube video. Really, really work hard to optimize those so that every time you're producing content, it's it has a purpose in terms of your marketing and your strategy. Okay, got it. Okay, sounds good. All right, guys. Well, I think that's been a lot of fun. Elias, thank you so much for taking time to chat with us today. Clay, thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it very much. Yeah, super fun. And thank you so much. It's uh, it's a pleasure to me to be uh, to be a guest in the in this show. It was a pleasure to have you. Thanks yeah, again. Pleasure here. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify. Visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of The Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time, see ya.